Good morning and good Erev Shabbos to everyone. And I guess also a good Erev Yom Kippur. Yeah, what a crazy Erev Shabbos we're going to be having. You know, usually we talk about all the food that we're going to make today, but uh, we're going to uh, talk about Sukkot food. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have a fantastic show today. We're going to be talking about Erev Sukkot, even though it's Erev Yom Kippur. Um, we're going to backtrack a little bit to talk about all the great uh, Rosh Hashanah that we just had. Um, I'm joined in the studio today by uh, Avrami, who's our executive assistant. Um, he's the engineer that keeps our show running. Uh, we get to eat and drink our way through some of our shows, and this is, show is no exception because my other guest is no other than Jay Booksbaum. Hello, Jay. How are you? You know, I, it's interesting that you said a good Erev Shabbos and a good Erev Yom Kippur. And it's interesting because Yom Kippur is a fast day, so you would think wishing somebody a good Erev fast day might be unusual, but hopefully before tonight it will turn into a real, you know, a real yontif. A real yontif. And you, and you know that um, I've heard this, and as a foodie I really appreciate this mitzvah, that they say, and I'd love to know the source, maybe you know it, that um, if you eat double Erev Yom Kippur, yeah. it's like you fasted two days on Yom there Kippur. There you go. You know, so um, as a foodie we're going to be eating up today. After uh, the show here today, I'm actually running to Sapienza. It's in Elmont, Long Island. It is a dairy bakery. They're Italian. They're actually one of our first guests on the show. They have real dairy cannolis and, and Napoleons and all those milk things that you see here, and they are amazing. And I'm going there this morning after the show. I guess it'll be this afternoon, picking up stuff to break our fast. On. I know it's not. I'm not supposed to be jealous, Erev Yom Kippur. <laughs> No, I know. But this is not fair. I know. You know what? This is We're going to have to get fair. you in with uh, Paul Sapienza and we'll have a wine and pastry show. That would be cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's you know, amazing. Actually, Avrami's got an interesting story about uh, dessert and wine, right? I know, I know. We're going to hear it later a little bit. We're going to hopefully hear it later on. We're going to, okay. he's going to, he's not, I'll tell it over if he's not, a, if he's not that'll, available. That'll be great. Uh, Avrami's our executive assistant right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, let me do a little bit introduction about uh, our show today. I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm all about all the food, all the time, even on Erev Yom Kippur. Um, I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef, and my business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give, lots, I give lots of cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbos, for Yontov, small parties, and any time you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Um, I hope that you'll tune in every week and hear about our exciting cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes each week. But I also want to hear about your food experiences too. So please feel free to email me at naomi at nachumsegel.com. You can join my fan page on uh, Facebook, The Aussie Gourmet. You can follow me on Instagram. Got a lot of new followers lately. Thank you very much for uh, looking at all my food pictures. Um, finally got Twitter going, so I'm really excited about that. I've done a few little tweets, and you can join my newsletter on my website, theaussiegourmet.com. So please, you know, if you have a food experience or you want to ask a question about a restaurant or an ingredient, let me know, and I can try to, um, you know, find out about it for you. Um, so as I said before, we've had a really exciting week um, because it's, you know, it's our first clear week of school. We've had four days of school. So my kids are in uh, one side of college, a uh, bit of a culture shock, um, and then two are in high school and I have a little kid in preschool, and they all had four straight days of school. So that was absolutely fantastic. So I've had lots of time to just decompress, especially after 
three days of eating nonstop. Over sure doesn't Russia sound summer. like that with all your personal chefing. I know, I know, but do you have ever time for yourself I, and family? I don't, My not goodness. too much. That's why I come to the studio on Friday morning because I get to like run away from the kitchen just for a little bit. To, at least if I'm not cooking food, I can talk about it. So, um, yeah, so um, I decided that I'm going to go to the gym. You know, after three days of eating, we should go to the gym. And now I cannot walk. It's been four <laughs> days. So a big thank you to Studio Ina for that workout one time. Um, haven't been able to walk a week, but I absolutely loved it. So I'm going to go back right after Sukkot because I cannot not walk next week on Sukkot. I've got to have my legs while I stand in the kitchen cooking. So that was really amazing, you know, just getting back out there and trying to eat healthy this week and trying to get some, um, you know, uh, exercise and health in my life after all the eating. Um, so speaking about eating, it's been you know, I had my simanim platter. I, I got really into the simanim this, this year. For the first time, we did um, a sh- couple of shows about all the simanim, and I've written some articles about it. So I just, you know, a lot of people have emailed me and told me stories about what they do um, for their family and, you know, simanim, simanim that they have made up um, to go with it at their family. But, um, you know, instead of in my family, we didn't want to eat the sheep's head or the the fish head or the dates because, you know, my beetroots, my kids, I've never really done beetroots before. Now we are obsessed with beetroots. We've been making... What is it called? Beet, I don't know what you call it in America. Beetroot. Beetroot. Yeah, beets. beets. Okay. Beets, right? Okay. So we've been eating beets and goat cheese sandwiches all week. It's so delicious. Oh, goat cheese. Oh, goat cheese. I know. I love it. I'm crazy I know. about cheeses. You know that. We had this... Last time. Brent Delman, we had him here, the right, cheese guy, right. but but we've been eating beet and, beets and goat cheese but, sandwiches because I made so many beets. I have tons of beets in my house. I'm going to flip you out a little bit. Okay. Because Brenda, my fantastic wife, yeah? also is very into this one. We got a whole bunch of them. We even got the fish head. Uh, uh, and uh, two of the people at the table picked an eye each. And they ate it. They ate the eye. <laughs> From his cringing. <laughs> Yeah, we don't do it. In my well, one of them actually swallowed it. The other one, which was uh, what, the other one, I'm not going to say who, I'm could gonna, not. I'm going <laughs> to pass out. Gotta, you, know. we did the you did the jellyfish. You did the jellyfish. Avrami's family did the jellyfish. He chopped off their heads. You know what I did? I have a um, one of my daughters is very creative. Right. So um, I said, go find a picture of a fish head online. So she Googled drawing of salmon head. She got a picture of a like a looked like a a drawing from Microsoft or something. She 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 printed it out. We cut out twelve of them. Oh, that's we put so them cool. behind toothpicks, and I made fish patties like out of gefilte fish, <laughs> like a spicy curried Thai fish cake. Um, and we put the fish head in it. Now and you serve that picture. you serve that warm or cold? Room, room temperature. Room so temperature. I had a platter of like you know um you know fish patties with fish heads with toothpicks on them. <laughs> that was our very creative way of eating fish heads because um, we couldn't find the jujus, the fish heads. I couldn't find any. I think maybe they were sold out. But we also had beetroot hummus. I made beetroot hummus. Interesting. Date muffins, um, pomegranate salad um, with a raspberry vinaigrette, um, green beans and mushroom for the rubia, and zucchini. I made zucchini chips. Um, and I served it, we, like you kind of dipped it into a creamy, sweet dipping sauce. That was the kara. Am I saying it right? That's the, 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 a lot of people eat gourd and pumpkin, but we found out we can also use zucchini and we love zucchini. So that's what we did. Um, and then I did, um, you know, for potato leek, for the leeks, we did potato leek soup in shot glasses. That was fantastic. Very cool. So we, we had a really nice, and I was taking pictures. If you go onto my Instagram page, 
literally one minute before lich benching, I'm taking photos because it was so beautiful. And we oh, laid I it out see it. so I'm gonna nicely. Do, I'm going to do that today. So it's nice to go um, to. Yeah. Blinado. Yeah, right. I know Blinado. Blinado. It's a rookie for Exactly. <laughs> um, I got enough to be uh, Michael for, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's right. I don't need yet another thing that I did <laughs> right, wrong. Right, so we can show you. Yeah, but, you know, it's really nice and it's fun. If you had a fun time with your simanim or something new to share, I know it was in the past and we're focusing on Sukkot now, but just let uh, drop me a line at Naomi at NachumSequel.com. So now we can talk about Erev Rosh Hashanah. We, yeah. got, we got uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah. Rosh, Sorry. Uh, oh, my God. I've got Rosh Hashanah on the brain. And Erev Sukkot. Erev Sukkot. That's what I meant to say. Quite often I'll say Pesach because for me, um, Pesach is a big time of the year that I'm always cooking for people. So, so you're I keep an Aussie. calling every Chag Pesach. You say, you're an Aussie, so you say Sukkot. Sukkot. I'm a Williamsburger, so I say Sukkot. 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 <laughs> it's Sukkot. Originally, I'm a Williamsburger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Bondi. We say Sukkot. You, you can take the boy out of Williamsburg, but you can't take Williamsburg out of yeah. the boy. Yeah. Well, you know, you can take the Australian out of Australia, but you still get the accent. I you get know? you. Um, okay, so we're going to do a, a show today um, about Sukkot food a little bit and a lot about wine and what uh, wines will go with certain dishes that I've uh, prepared a list of. Um, so, Jay, why don't we, we talk a little bit about some of the great selection I see over there? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> every <clears throat> excuse me. Every single wine that I brought today has a, a an aspect of newness to it. Oh, I love that. And uh, but there's really one major theme that I've I've talked about incessantly here before, and I'll continue to talk about it wherever I go. And that is, as a community, we don't drink enough white wine. Oh, I knew who was going there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, fully, we have eight wines here today. And fully half the wines that we have here today, I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but fully half the wines that we have here today are white. Fantastic. And especially since it's beautiful weather, it's still the end of the summer, so to speak, even though Sukkot uh, hails the fall. But it's still In the, the Northern Hemisphere. Exactly. Let's get that clear. It's still the end of the summer. We're still going to be outside. We're still going to have a lot of really wonderful weather hopefully ahead. I've looked onto my crystal ball and yeah. I Baruch Hu <laughs> we, is making sure that well, all is going to be well for Sukkah's dining. Amen. And um, so, you know, it's really appropriate to have white wines with all of that. Okay, great, because, uh, we, we, you know, Jay talks about it, but I also big white wine drink, even though I've gone a little bit more into the reds. Um, through my education with you and, right. and um, you know, learning a lot, um, maybe getting older also. But I actually bought a really nice um, jeunesse, oh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay, that's great. <gasps> it was beautiful. I finished it off last Served night. Served it really well chilled. Very cold. And it's great because, you know, that th- it's got good acidity and lots of fruit and even, a you know, sweetness to it. So you need to chill it, and you can understand this as a chef. Think about it. When you heat something up, the flavors come out, right? Right. When you chill something down, it mutes the flavors. And when you have such a rich, for example, ice cream, okay, you don't want ice cream warm even if we're able to stay together warm because it's so sweet and so delicious and so bursting with flavor that actually the coldness mutes the flavor somewhat so that you can have that flavorness that comes through the cold of the fact that it's iced. Right. You should eat each food that you prepare at the correct temperature. At the correct temperature. So white wines generally should be drunk cold or colder. Yeah. Colder. The sweeter, the colder. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, The drier, the warmer, again. But not hot. But not hot, yes. But when I say warmer, I mean it should still be in the low 60s at the most, even if even if it's a very dry white wine. What's, What's room temperature? Room temperature, according to... 
uh, wine speak okay. is in the high 60s, 68, 67, okay. 68, 69, somewhere in that range. Cold, according to uh, wine speak, is in the low 50s, mid mid to. Oh, that's I'm sorry, only a 10 degree difference. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. 10 degrees is a lot. Right. Okay. Mid to, I'm sorry, that. low to mid 50s. Yeah. Low to mid 50s. Okay, so that's about okay. a 15. But sweet degree. wines should be even colder than that. You like, know, maybe the high forties. Not quite frozen. Yeah, no, no, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that cold because <laughs> you want to taste it. But you know, you know what we we've got friends in Philadelphia and we go to them uh, every once in a while for a Shabbos and they put their crema lager in the freezer and it's slushy. Oh, that's great! It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine walking into Seven Eleven, you know, and getting a, a crema lager slush. You know, no, Mitzvah when the base of is around and yeah, don't tell do the that. kids about that. Though. <laughs> do that. 7-Eleven for adults. There you go. And, you know, last week, so interesting talking about white wines, the biggest wine magazine in the world, the Wine Spectator, yeah. just called Baron Herzog <gasps> Chenin Blanc the best value in the category in America. Write that down. Not Write as kosher. Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc is the best value wine in America. I'm writing that down too. Baron so, and- Herzog Chenin Blanc. And what's wonderful about that is it's a little drier. Everyone in the studio is writing it down. Now. It's a little <laughs> bit drier than your, you know, Jeunesse Chardonnay. Okay. But it's certainly sweeter than a normal dry Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc and other white wines of that nature. So for those people who like something a little bit not so dry, this is a perfect wine. And guess what? what? It's way under ten bucks. Oh, I love retail. it. I love it. And well, so that's the so first. So that's one what we're you're opening up today. now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's so interesting that they picked up. How do they know? How does this magazine know about like all these kosher wineries? Well, the wine, they don't really know about it. Hopefully, they're not looking at it as a kosher winery, and in this case, they weren't. But it's up to the individual wineries throughout the world to send them samples. Oh, I see. So we send that's them samples. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. And just we're like not all the other them, wineries. Right. So we're not sending them kosher wine. We're sending them just good wine. Correct. Correct. Okay. I know that the Australian um, kosher wines also have made a big change on the market and they advertise Teal Lake wine on, on on regular radio. What is that sound? Is that the sound of hmm Yeah. Chenin Blanc? Yeah. Okay. Chenin Blanc being poured. Okay, thank you. One for you. One Okay. Take us we're we're passing around some cups here. Okay. All right. We're gonna smell it. Yeah, and you know, at the risk of again sounding sacrilegious, as uh, Avrami was t- telling me before about his experience with uh, a, a kiddish that was ice cream centric, um, <laughs> you know, we on Yontif, because it's so many days, especially this year, three days in a row, on Yontif we have a couple of uh, milchik meals. Yes, so do we. So this Some is people like, don't like that. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know about my. My relatives in Lakewood, if they'll be so happy about this, but yeah. that's okay. We're gonna have some milkic meals this this, this uh, circus too. too. Yeah. And this is like perfect for a fish meal. This is perfect for a, a rich pasta meal. This is per. Go ahead, tell us what yeah, you're okay. planning. So, so with that, I'm just gonna have a little bit of a smell, and maybe you'll talk to us about yeah, the smell smells that. of wine. Come because on. I want I want to hear what you think about the smell. Okay, I'm have. Mm, um, when you smell it, my my glands are going. I'm like. <laughs> It smells amazing. Um, I'm going to make a bracha because I haven't had. Amen. It's delicious. It's very light. It's fruity. It's not dry. And the, the smell in my head, 
I knew it would taste like this from the smell. Wow. I could smell the taste. Is that, yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, that's fine. That is absolutely Fruit fabulous. driven. Very nice. Sweet lemons. Yeah. Um, it's got a little fruit with acidic a little acid. orange. Yeah, acidic, right. Acidic oranges. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Now, I, um, you know, I make this amazing flounder bouillabaisse, which is a, wow. a fish stew. I know people like want to die when they hear that. Like, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look, doesn't it sound doesn't so appetizing, sound but I want yours. You call it bouillabaisse and it sounds that much more classy. Don't call it fish stew. Um, so it's a flounder bouillabaisse. base. It's or even really worse, easy. fish soup. Fish soup. Fish <laughs> soup. What's for dinner? Fish soup. Oh God. Um, but when my kids, my my Do you family loves people. This. I think people have a a bad a bad view of fish soup because think about it. Chicken soup is lots of chicken, but it's also lots of bones. Imagine like the view of of. Giving flavor to a fish soup through just fish bones. Yeah, but we don't do that. I know it's about that. The, I know that. The flavor in a bouillabaisse is a kosher bouillabaisse because non-kosher has a lot of shellfish and mussels in it. But I have this kosher version of one that I developed uh, many years ago uh, for a cooking class, and I, it's with flounder, and the flavor's coming from the flounder of the, you know, from the flounder flesh, so to speak. It's very flavorful, and it calls for a cup of wine. So I, I usually use a, a cup of wine. Um, and the rest of the bottle I serve at the meal. And this would be the wine, this, so the, the bully base would be my appetizer, and this wine I would bring out, you know, with the soup for everyone to try. And try to pair a wine and a, and yeah, a if course. You, if you're like me, and it sounds like you are, and you have a very large gathering, so this is great because what you can do is you're not overfilling people with wine because one bottle get, you know, one yeah, to you three ounces. Little, you only get a, like which a, is perfect, so you six. can go, Right, so you can go to the next bottle for the next uh Yeah, for the absolutely, next, uh, the next course. course so you, right. By the time you have six adults at the table and you pour one bottle of wine, it's not a lot of wine per customer, so to speak. So, um, you know, a white wine would go really well with a uh, flounder bouillabaisse um, or, you know, um, any other dairy pasta, a light pasta, penne a la vodka, or um, an all-white like fettuccine Alfredo, I think it would go nicely as well. Mm-hmm. I think it would, you know, that's a hit. Um, fettuccine alfredo is very heavy with cream and butter, yum yum, and cheese. So um, to complement that, you want a lighter white wine to go with that. So okay, what have we got next? Okay, th- what, by the way, what was new about the last wine? Yeah. Was not that it's new. It's not a new wine. Yeah, it's that not is a the Chenin Blanc. But what's new about it is, for the first time in history, oh, yeah, it's yeah. literally the best. Value of its category, according to the non-kosher press, and that's great. So that's brand new to us, and we're very excited about it. We love when we break out. Now, you know, and it's interesting because it's won lots of medals, and it's got all, but it's never been. I'm afraid actually to talk about it too much because I know the bosses are gonna are gonna raise the price on oh, it. No. So that's not Please a good don't idea. Do that. But anyway, let's go to the next wine, which is Flam. Okay. Flam. It's called Flam, Flam Blanc. Flamme Blanc. <laughs> it's a Benz. It, it's a Benz. It's a blend of Sauvignon Blanc 55% and Chardonnay 45%. All the grapes are grown in Hare Yehuda area. Beautiful and Israeli wine. The Judean Hills area. Um, what's interesting and new about this is, first of all, Flam is only here about a year in this country. He's also, this is the first vintage, I believe this is the first vintage that all of his wines are kosher. You know, he was, a, he's been in business for 10 years, but until recently he not, he was not certified kosher. Interesting. And what's also interesting is, is that this is a brand new vintage. So we're what looking at 2012. What, what does a brand new vintage mean? Let's it means that it's the Batsir, the, 
the harvest of 2012 was never seen before from Flam in this country. Okay. So it's a brand new vintage. It's fresh wine, never seen before. Um, and it's really wonderful. What's interesting, and I'm trying to bring people, you know, we start out with the Chenin Blanc. We're going to go to the next wine, which is this Flamme Blanc. What's also, um, Flamme is, the Flamme family has been in, kind of involved in the wine business for a long time. The first medal-winning wine, international medal-winning wine from Israel came from Carmel. Okay, yeah. And it was a Very Cabernet famous. 1976. And it was made by the Flam's father, the guys who were making this wine, his father. Yeah. And he's still very much active and very much involved, even though he's, he's in his 70s, in his, well into his 70s. Right. And he was the first professional winemaker he learned at UC Davis in California. And that's a wine school? That's a wine school. Cool. And now his sons are making this wine, and this wine is just wonderful. Okay. So, But I'm, you know what happened, Jay? Mine got mixed up, so I don't know which one's which. So I'm gonna here you go. We're going to give you a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know which and one. And I'm going to do the glug, 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 glug. Okay, beautiful. Here you go. Okay. I did, that was my voice, not the real <laughs> glug, glug. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't pour like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's so So this is the the Flamme Blanc. Blanc. I like how they say it. <laughs> okay, well, the Blanc silence. simply we means white. drink at once. Okay, you have a sip first. This is nice. This is definitely much, 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 much drier mm-hmm. than the other one, right? Avrami's also nodding. Much drier. Now, I would, if I may, yeah, I know please. you're the foodie, but because it's drier, I would use this with more like a a, a, a grilled or what they call a, a sauce blanche a fish dish. Yeah. I've where you have lemon. You know, lemon on top of it, maybe a little bit of you know a what? This pepper. Would, this would go really well. I made last night a, um, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the fish. Not a perch, a trout. I made a trout. trout. Okay. This would go nicely oh, right. with trout. Mm. I just took tons of fresh garlic, lemon juice, salt, olive oil, and fresh herbs. Mm. Cilantro. So, because this does have some herbal right. quality. Very good. It's Very reminding good. me of my dinner last night, which is so funny. It was parsley, dill, and cilantro just washed and chopped up and put over all the oil and the garlic and salt. This is delicious. It would have been a beautiful complement to that. Okay, so I'm going to totally make that on Sukkot as well. Like, very easy. You just heard me um, mention what I did. I got some uh, trout. It's pretty cheap. It's one of these cost-effective wines. Talk about best value with wine. So this is a nice piece of fish. Um, it's very economical and family-friendly for the budget. Um, so I just put some on a sheet of uh, – on a cookie sheet – and then just take tons of fresh garlic, uh, smear it all over the fish, lemon, some, squeeze some like fresh lemon, not that bottled Hadar stuff. God bless Hadar lemon juice, but that's, this is not what it's called for. You need fresh lemons, fresh garlic, a little extra virgin olive oil, kosher salt. Just rub it all over the fish and then put on tons of fresh herbs. Do you, do you debone it first? Or? Yeah, I get it from my... From my fishmonger, Ossie's Fish in Gomeglad. Oh, Ossie's um, great. Yeah, great He's fish, good quality. People. And um, and uh, you can use any fish that you like. You could do it with flounder. You could oh, do but it I with... like the idea of trout because uh, yeah, to me, trout is probably a little bit more gamey. Is that correct? Yeah, a little it's bit got more, flavor. Yeah, it's got, got more flavor. flavor, a little bit more richer. And it's not like so fishy fish. Tasting. Like the difference between in meat, I guess this is the way I'm thinking. Right. You compare the difference between chicken and turkey. Like turkey being more gamey, chicken being more lighter. Bland. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not, I like chicken. Don't get me wrong. No, no. I just, I, but I'm saying, yeah. is that is that a yeah? A that fair... would be a great like, you know, like 
bris- a lamb as opposed to exactly. lamb as opposed to veal. Exactly. You know, like lamb, it's still cow, but but um, you know, lamb is lamb. Exactly. <laughs> it's delicious. But we're going to talk about some lamb, and I hope we've got some great. Now wine. the flam sells for about thirty bucks, uh, actually less than thirty bucks. It's not an inexpensive wine, but right. it's really quite delicious. And for those, mm. if you have it with the food, we're not having it with that dish. But if you have it with the food, that dryness is not as as pronounced. Right. Because you have the food with it. So it's really it's, not it's as pronounced. It's really lovely. I, Thank it you. really reminds me of last night's dinner, which is so funny. See, I'm all about the food all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to try. Oh, there's a, a new different bottle being opened. Now, this is a very interesting wine. And, and first, let me tell you a little bit about this is, comes from Tulip. This comes from Tulip. And if you take a look Where's at Tulip. Tulip is also in Hariyuda area. And glug, glug, glug again. <laughs> All right. Um, it looks French. It's, well, here's, here's the interesting thing about Tulip. Before we get into the wine itself, I'm going to tell you something. Tulip is in a, I'm sorry, it's not, excuse me, it's not in the Judean. Yes, it, it, the winery is in the Judean Hills. Okay. But the, um, the Cabernet Franc, I'm sorry, the winery is not in the Judean Hills. The Cabernet Franc, which is this wine, comes from the Judean Hills vineyards, but the winery is up north. Okay, but okay? it's both from Israel. And it's in a, a, a moshav called Tikva. Okay. Never and for heard. those people who've never heard of Tikva, what does Tikva mean? Hope. Right. And you know why it's called hope? Because they hope they'll make really good wine. No. Well, that's one reason. <laughs> we hope but that the main will come. reason, and this is a really beautiful thing, every single a uh, person who lives there is an adult with mentally with <gasps> mental challenges. Oh, that's um, mentally challenged adults, and, they, make this and wine? they actually make the wine. They are employed at the winery to make the wine. I'm gonna cry. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's beautiful. And actually, Tulip. Not only is it amazing from that point of view, that story. Um, so it's important to support no matter what, even if a- it was absolutely. just good wine. Yeah. Uh, but they also. <clears throat> They also make great wine, and it's the largest of the boutique wineries in Israel. Okay, good to know. It's the largest, which means that you get it's, great value. Yes, yeah, speak about what a boutique wine is, because some of our listeners don't know exactly what boutique, a boutique winery boutique is. Boutique winery means, simply stated, means it's small. It's small, right. so everything is hand-done. Everything is poured over very carefully. Everything is, is, you know, it's not commercial grade. You know, there's not hundreds of thousands of cases. Uh, once you get beyond about 150,000 cases, you can't be called boutique anymore. A year? Yeah, a year. 150,000 cases. Which sounds like a lot. Right. When he's just about there. He's the largest. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have to try. And it's, it's, um, I just want to describe the color. Go ahead. Do the that. other wines were white, so clearly it was, you know, that yellowish hue wine that you, right. you know, when you traditionally open a bottle of white wine. This has got a light pink tinge going through it. And that's great because this wine is made from, excuse me, this wine is made from 65% Cabernet Franc and 35% Sauvignon Blanc. This is awesome. A Cabernet Franc, mm. awesome like is an Aussie awesome? It's, this is an Aussie <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God, this is A-plus Aussie awesome. Yeah, there you go, because this wine <gasps> too, this it's wine like- too is slightly off dry, has a lot mm-hmm. of similarities in terms of sweetness to the Chenin Blanc. But most of it is made from red grapes 
Now I'm going to. Uh, we've talked about this before, right? But all grape juice, including red wine, red grape juice, is white. When you squeeze the grapes, yeah. it's clear when it comes out. The only thing that gives it color is the skins, right. the pigment from the skins. So, why so what is they this do is light pink. Then they What's leave that? it. They pull the skins off only hours after it soaks on the skin. So they get a little extract of pigment from the skins, and then they leave the rest go, and they, you know, it's mostly white. Mostly clear, ending up with a pink hue. Because this is this is like much lighter than a rosé. Right. It's not a wine. I've never really seen a wine this color. Right. It's it's almost got a uh, um, kind of like that yellow golden slight pink, you know, added to it's it. Like a sunrise. Exactly. You know, oh, there you like go. It's nice. Little pinkness in the morning. There you it's go. Really beautiful wine. Don't drink in the morning. And, um, and but this is really beautiful. And I would put this with a, a little bit of a richer dish. Like maybe an eggplant parmesan. Um, like I think that's too heavy. That's too heavy. Also a fish dish, but some a fish dish with a sweetness to it, a, like a slight, slight sweetness to it. Okay. Or even a chicken dish, maybe for one of your evening meals. Yeah. You know your flachic meals, a chicken dish that's sautéed in some kind of, you know, maybe sweeter sauce of some kind. Right. Maybe cranberry chicken. Cranberry like chicken. Cranberry oh, chicken. there you go. Because cr- that's a great. Sweet. And it also cranberry has that, you know, slight tart. tart you know, I, I was going to say bitter, but I like the word tart, tart better. Right. Yeah, it's tarty. It's, yeah, it's it's a little bit more tart. Yeah, no, that was really. I, I like the um, I like the color. I like the taste. I love the smell, of course. But that's really nice. So, um, you know, if you're grabbing a pan and trying to prepare for uh, erev uh, Yom Kippur on our erev Sukkot show on Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network, um, so grab your pans and we, we just, you know, tried a whole bunch of different wines and they've been, each one has been better than the next. Um, but I like, if I can say, how, we're about halfway through our show today um, and I'm loving that tulip the best out of the uh, four that we have tasted already. Um, you know, there are so many great dishes that, that uh, we can have on Sukkot and food, you know, I buy a lot of oven to table where you can go to... Um, you know, some of these houseware stores like Home Goods and buy for really cheap six, seven, eight dollars or amazing savings. You can buy oven to tableware dishes, cook your kugels, serve your, make your ribs inside these oven to tableware dishes and take out some hot food in these beautiful dishes. You know, we had, for the first time, we made a cholent this Shabbos because we didn't want to leave the electric cholent Okay, pot yeah, on. I want to hear, I'll tell we you my We made a cholent this Shabbos in the first time we, in the we oven. pulled it out of basement in the oven in one of these what do they call that? Um, Dutch really oven. heavy. Dutch oven. Heavy, heavy. Cast iron. Cast iron. Dutch oven. My yeah. goodness. Was it, it was unbelievable. Unreal. Unre- and we just put it right. Now, we had to warn everybody because it's metal handles. And it's very hot. Oh, my gosh. we had to, And I actually put, you know, towels on the handle so, God forbid, somebody touches it, they don't get burnt. But it was the, the taste was like. Amazing. The Altaheim, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so I've been, on my last show we're talking about with Shifra Klein from Joy of Kosher, she was saying how we're going to make a yapsik. You put it in the oven, it's potato cooker with meat at the bottom, flanken. Right. You cover it tightly with foil right before Shabbos, you put it in your oven at 200 degrees till Shabbos morning. I often make that in the winter with an overnight pastrami. You take the naval pastrami that's vacuum packed, you put the vacuum pack, don't take it out of the vacuum pack. You put it in the in a like a dish, a Pyrex dish with water. Um, halfway up, you cover it and you put it in the oven next to the upsick at 200 degrees. It melts in your mouth the next day. You take it out of the vacuum cap pack and it's amazing. 
Okay, so my problem was I went I put, I, I have one of these ovens you can change the temperature on Yontif. It has these overrides. So I went to put the food in and everything seemed fine. I made sure it was at 200. And then I go like right before I go to bed on Friday night, my ovens are cold. <gasps> no Yapsik, no overnight pastrami. You didn't get the local guy in or something? Uh, I, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm no, not you can't. The override. There's nothing yeah, I could do. do anything, I was right? devastated. Ask just, your local rabbi. Yeah, I there's no, I, there was nothing to do. I just – so I put the kugel and back in the fridge and the pastrami back in the fridge. And we actually served the pastrami the next day room temperature. It was well, delicious. delicious, yeah. Because it's, it's already cooked the navel pastrami beforehand. So it was absolutely delicious. And I served that with some different mustards and pickles. But my poor yapsik, basically, I tried to put it on my on a blech, um, which I had going, but it was the flame was too low. It just didn't do the job, so nobody. You ate have to be it. careful about that too, because if it's too low, it goes out the flame. Well, not only that, you don't want to spoil uh, the food. Exactly. Yeah, but but it, I didn't do it overnight. I thought I would just okay. try to warm it up the next morning. It was it was a no go. So yeah, just make sure your oven temperatures are set correctly. Also, um, maybe buy an oven thermometer. That's always good to have in your oven. Any case, just all, hangs, right? Yeah, all professional chefs, they say, have them in different hot spots in your oven. So the back oven, you might think it's 350 degrees, but it might only be 300 or it might be 400. So your edges might burn on, on, a, on um, you know, when you place say, cookies or something on too close to the edge, but the middle's registering at 350. So you have to be really careful. So we went out and we bought an oven thermometer. So when I put food into the oven on Yontif, because I – the controls are on an overlock, on an override. I don't know really how hot it is. So if you put an oven thermometer in, you can have a look what the temperature is. So that's really a very, very much recommended idea from somebody who loves food and could not eat the food that they worked hard to prepare. So, um, yeah, that was a little disappointing. But so make sure that your oven temperatures are right. Okay, the last, the last white wine that we're going to okay, taste. Okay, moving right along. And this is exciting actually for two reasons. First of all, the winery is brand new. It's called Tabor, Har Tabor. Oh, right. You've bought some in before from there. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen Har Tabor around. You may have, you may have seen it in the stores, but, but it's we, brand we, new. We didn't d- discuss no, it on one no, of our Pesach shows? No, no. Oh, okay. It's only, it's only here a few months. Actually. Okay, Avrami, we're excited. So it's really new. But what's exciting about this wine, and, and, you know, a lot of people poo-poo this idea, but I want to clarify it for everybody right here, right now. It is a screw cap. <gasps> Okay, so we've had a conversation. That we've had. We've had conversations, right? I'm running <laughs> also like had. I yeah. remember. Because I always go, even my kids, I go, ugh, this one's a screw cap. It can't be good. And it and I'm is. I'm like, Jay Booksbaum said it was going to be good. And it is. <laughs> and, you know, talking about the reason we had a screw cap discussion is because of Aussies insist on screw caps for many of the varietals by law. Really? Australians, oh, yeah. uh, oh, Australians yeah. are using more and more yeah. screw caps? So this screw cap is a Chardonnay. What's interesting about this Chardonnay is that the Chardonnay comes from the Galilee, which is the northern part of Israel. It's very Californian style. And you know how you can tell? Yeah, it's fourteen, meaning it's very fruit forward. Even though this is a dry wine, uh-huh. it's a very fruit forward Chardonnay. Very rich and opulent, or I shouldn't say opulent, but very rich in fruit. Very, um, not necessarily as complex, but really like fills your mouth, or it should. And it's 14.5% alcohol, which means, just so that you understand what that means, and here we go, glug, glug, glug yeah, again. Yeah, I need a clean cup. I've got my whole collection here. So okay. I, have to drive, I have to drive home. Remember, I'm going to Well, you know, that, you didn't hear me make a bracha. You know why? You're not drinking it. I'm spitting everything. Yeah. yeah. He's being very polite, though. You, you would never notice. I didn't notice for the first few cups. No, you take the bigger one. No. <gasps> okay. He's, I've run me. There. There you go. Okay. 
All right. Okay. So this is how to So I'd like you to I'd like you to put the your little nice Jewish noses, you and Avrami, <laughs> into know. the cup. He always says that. And <laughs> I want you to tell me what you smell. Okay, but we can't all go at once. Hmm. This is more of a. Yeah, I don't know what I'm smelling. More of a a, a muted smell. Yeah, lemons. it's not as nothing's jumping out at me like the the fruitier ones. Yeah, this is more grapefruit. Yeah, it smells citric. 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 Okay, I'm going to take a little sip. Even white grapefruit, not even red grapefruit. Or pink. (laughs) This is very citricy. But would this taste completely different? It was very cold. Yeah, this should be colder. But But still, still, there is a, compared to other Chardonnays, there is a, um, what I call a sweet kind of afterglow. That fills the center of your tongue, the middle palate. Yeah. I f- do you feel it? I feel it. Yeah. I have a sensitive palate. I guess that's why I'm a foodie, but I, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely grapefruity. Yeah. Can I say Grapefru- that? Yeah. It's definitely grapefruity. Yeah. Great with any dish. If you're making, you know, um, something. Yeah, and this should be colder than we're drinking it at. So I, I make a great lemon meringue pie. Mm. Um, it's actually a frozen lemon meringue pie. This would be a really nice combination with it. I don't think so. Why? <laughs> because no, no, it's, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. It's My frozen, sweet. sweet, subtle, okay. a little tart, and I okay. think this would go well together. That's fine then. Jay go and I it. have a disagreement. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because what? you always want your the level of sweetness to match the level of sweetness in the dish. Right, but I think this would this. I mean, okay. you haven't tried. I'm going to have to make. You, all right, Jane Brenda, I'm, I'm going to have to send you a go. frozen lemon meringue pie. There you go. How far is it from the five towns? To, I'll come and to, get it if to I have Jersey. to. Jersey <laughs> with the we'll cannoli. We'll work it out. My CFO lives in your neighborhood. Yeah, so, so I, I I'll like, have him bring it in. I like I like this. Um, I like it. It's really nice, and it go well with salad. Oh yeah. Everything goes well with the goat. But salad. you know what? You're see there. If you put into your salads, uh, cranberries, you know, dried cranberries. How about, how about, um, uh, raspberry vinaigrette? Raspberry vinaigrette. Well, yes, but yeah, we're, but we're always careful sweet. about, we're always careful about vinegar with wine. We're trying to, we always, no, wine this has people. got a lot of jam in it. So you go. So the jam is so fruity and I mix it with this, um, Italian dressing, um, okay. garlic expressions. And we're going to get to, we're going to go straight into the next wine, which is also from Mount Tabor. I see winery. red. I see red. The red and wine. And this is the first out. red wine. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna rinse okay. the same cup. I love, I love red wines with my meats. You know, as much can, as I love my this white is a fresh wines. Fresh cup for you. You can pour a little bit into uh, a Rummy's Rummy. glass. Here we go. Okay. All right. I have to. Oh, I love the smell of red wine. Uh, it, what kind of wine is this one? It's a Shiraz. This is a Shiraz. Okay. It's also fourteen and a half percent alcohol, which means. Oh, I was I was getting into that, which yeah. means that. At harvest, the grapes were very sweet. The higher the sugar level at harvest, the higher the alcohol because it has more the, – the yeasts have more fodder for their cannon, so to speak. They have more stuff to eat, which, which transfers okay. – right, which transfers the sugar into alcohol. So it's also a science lesson. There's a whole thing about food science. Oh, this smells this great. It smells fantastic. It's got a little creamy smell to it, like oh, – Oh, my God. Okay. I've really enjoyed just smelling it. You should know. Paws on the air. Oh, that's lovely. Beautiful meat dish. Ribs. <laughs> and he's spitting. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a technical glitch. What you heard was me <laughs> slurping the wine through my – and I, I, I have no problem telling people this. Yeah, because you should. We're here to learn. We're here to listen and learn. Because what you're doing is you're sucking air through your palate, 
So that aerates the wine in your mouth. And that really brings out many, many so more flavors. So what should we be doing? Okay, so you okay. you put the wine in your mouth. I put the wine in my mouth. I, I'm going to describe it first, and then I'll do it. Yeah. You put the because you you know visualize this. Yeah. <laughs> put the wine in your mouth, and then as you have that little bit of wine on your tongue, like a teaspoonful. Yeah. Suck air through the front of your teeth, to the back of your mouth, and this is what it sounds like, and that will aerate the wine. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm just joking. That needs practice, but I see where that comes from. And it's delicious. I mean, and then swish it around all parts of your tongue because different parts of your tongue have different taste buds. Yeah, that's right. So you can have more flavor, you know, more flavor complexities different, that different you can taste. Different taste hit the tongue at different And parts. it sounds very complicated, but the truth is, once you get once you get the hang of it, you do it automatically. I'm like I'm liking this. I think this would go really well with ribs. Mm, yeah. Okay, I have a recipe. In fact, you know what I would love with? Oh, ribs sounds great, especially ribs. if you have a... Uh, a really like, saucy rib. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Go to my go to my blog on my website. Um, I'm not sure if it's called Melt in Your Mouth Ribs, but ribs. Um, I got the recipe from uh, used to, when I came single to America. I lived with this family. She made me ribs once in a while. Um, so it's, she was amazing. It's, and try it with this the recipe. My ribs on my website, theaussiegourmet.com, and have it with this um, Shiraz from Mount Tabor. It would be beautiful. You know, we have, uh, so this is Mount Tabor Gal- Galilee Shiraz 2012. This is, that's lovely. So grab, I know you're all writing notes now. So grab your pen, write that down. That was really lovely. That is a great, and the best thing about these ribs is they, you can double them and freeze them as well. So make sure you pair them nicely with an, this nice red wine. That was really beautiful. Um, we've got some other red wines that we're going to be doing and, and we're going to try to complement each uh, wine with with a nice recipe to make, um, and then I hope we got to have time for some. Do we have any dessert wine? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. All right. Well, we I, make you know, sure. I'm not sure how much of a dessert wine, but it is a sweet wine. Okay, great. And, and then, brand new. And brand new. Um, I also just want to throw out there different ideas while Jay's opening the wine. Hot toddies, which is a hot alcoholic drink. Mm. Yeah, he likes that. I like that. <laughs> Put idea. a cinnamon stick in. Um, you serve those in the sukkah What's towards in a hot the end toddy? of the middle. Um, it's got, I think it's got gin. There are so many recipes online. I tried to look one up today, but everyone has a different palette and different flavor that they like. So just go to Google and Google your own favorite hot toddy recipe. Um, it's got, it's basically, um, apple cider with alcohol. Mm. I would, uh, you know, so that's a really nice end of the meal for, for a Sukkot dinner, especially, you know, maybe it's Sukkot and it, you know, can be a little bit chilly at night. So our days hopefully will be warm, but it might be a little bit chilly at night. And then hot molten chocolate cakes. You know, Susie Fishbein's got some recipes. You make them in the ramekins. You bake them while you're eating dessert for 15 minutes in the oven. And the chocolate center is creamy and light and delicious. Mm. And then it'll also be nice and with some red wine because chocolate and red wine go very nicely together also. So um, as well as some fondues. It's fondue. What what do you say in America? Fondue. Fondue. (laughs) How do you say it in Aussie? Fondue. Fondue, like yeah, fondue. Fondue, like J E W. Yeah, like us. Oh like, my gosh, you know, it's fondue. Well, fondues, you know. Yeah, we're, we're fun, all fondues. Fondues eat fondue. Yeah, uh, it's like so. the, the you know that funny thing about did you hear this? Did you hear that? Everything is Jew, Jew, Jew. You know. Yeah, because one of the know, movies, uh, about, Woody Allen or something. Yeah, go Woody Allen. Um, yeah, so so just try to you know like I like to serve like the latter part of my meal, my desserts, like make them hot. You know, it's nice to have a nice hot meal. Um, a hot dessert at the end of a meal that's um, 
you know, when you're in the sukkah. Now, here's an interesting wine, and it's very important that I brought this because this is precisely a wine that is made precisely from the same grapes as that rosé. It's the same grape. Cabernet Franc, but it's a completely red wine, not We're talking sweet like at blood all. Red. It's blood, blood red. red. And it's interesting, right? Same Cabernet Franc. Yeah. All right, which is what, what the rosé was from Tulip. Right. Also from Tulip, that same place at Tikva, okay, where, right. where, you know, mentally challenged adults actually run and, Beautiful. well, work at the winery. It's amazing. And this wine is rich and thick and over 14% alcohol. Okay. And also comes from uh, the grapes are all Judean Hills grapes. And it's got, it, even though it's got 85% Cabernet Franc, it's got 15% Merlot, so it softens it up a little too. Okay, yeah, because maybe it will be too harsh or right. being... Okay. Well, I don't know, too harsh, but yeah, it might be, it, it gives it more complexity and a little bit softness. That's, right. And you tell me, okay. let's everybody put your Jewish noses in there and then taste it and... This is great. I like this one better than the first one. Am I allowed to say that? Mm-hmm. Avrami? Well, I'm looking for a nod. <laughs> You like Avrami? Like no, 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 no. Not no, meaning not the rosé, the, the, the first Shiraz. red one, the Shiraz. I like the Shiraz. I like. Oh my gosh, this wine has to me has black raspberry and chocolate a little bit, and Can I even though it's something? not sweet, it's just. Can I throw something? There's much more stuff. Going much on. more stuff. So can I throw? Go ahead. Okay. Would you be grossly offended if I said I've got this roast? I don't want to. You know, he didn't like my lemon meringue suggestion. No, no, go right. Okay. I've got this roast. You make yeah. it with um, shoulder roast, and I've done it before on the radio, but with cumin in it. It's got a little spice. I like that. It's got a little spice, garlic, mustard, olive oil, and I think if you have this wine with that, it would be a beautiful marriage of flavors. Actually, roast with this wine is a great idea. Yeah, like any, any. I mean, it's everyone has big, brisket, thick, rich dish with rib roast. And this is a big, brisket. thick, rich, complex mm. wine. I think you're right. I think, yeah, yeah listen to that. Okay. We agree on something. Yeah, we, no, we, we agree, agree on a lot. lot. We That's agree right. on a lot, just not the lemon meringue with that. I don't know. what <laughs> I've got to send you one. It will melt. <laughs> no, okay. we agree on a lot. Okay. This is nice. So Thank you. We're going to go to back to Flam. This is called Classico. Um, Flam's dad, Yisrael Flam, learned, uh, studied his winemaking skills in um, in California. His son, who is now the winemaker has studied his winemaking skills in Italy. So this wine, called Flam Classico... Classico. Yeah, exactly, is an Italian-style wine. Uh, it, what does Italian-style mean? It has a different kind of production line or a different way of... Different it, it's a flavor, flavor profile. It's a flavor, it's a flavor pro- profile. I like that. And okay. most Italian wines that are called Classicos are made from the Sangiovese grape. But style, And this is not at all. This is... Uh, 60-something percent. Cab- it has Cabernet, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, and Petit Verdot. That's a lot. And that's that's more like a, a classic Bordeaux blend, but it's made in the in the Italian style, which is richer, a little bit more spicy, a little bit more heavy, uh, and this is all of those this, things. This might be too strong for me. Okay, let, let me have a little sip. And you know, it has a little aftertaste, like strong can I say strong tannin? Sure. Would that be right? That would be great. Okay, so I've got that right. It's good. It's good. You know, not being a huge red wine lover, um, someone who's who's all new to red wine. I'm new to red wine and coffee. I have to tell you. <laughs> but this is 
This I is have not, to tell you, I mean, this is really nice. Yeah. This is really complex. I but now that I'm tasting it, I reverse the order. Okay. What you have to do in a meal, just like you do in okay, a regular yeah, meal, you yeah. have the lightest food first, yeah. and then you end up with the dessert, which is the heaviest. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the most flavorful. It overpowers yeah. your palate with ice cream and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But right, what do you have right before dessert? Probably the main dish, which is like a really rich rib buy or whatever. Yeah. So you really go up the ladder. We should have done the classic, though, before the Cabernet Franc, which was a little heavier and richer. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're saying what you're saying, because coming off of that big, rich Cabernet right, Franc. Right, like a step down. And, and this is a step down in terms of richness, but this has a lot of complexity, okay. has a lot of different things going on, and that's indicated by the four different grapes varieties that are used in making this wine. Cabernet, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, and Petit Verdot. Oh, all in that one. That's and all in that one. And it's that. interesting it's also. It's a combo wine. And not only that, it's a little over 20 bucks. So right. it's so not it's an not, expensive it's wine. It's not crazy expensive. Right. This is a wine that I think would appeal to a very wide variety of people. Yeah, no, this is definitely, if you're a red wine drinker, this is like amazing for you. What are the prices on the tulips? Great question. The tulips are also in the 20, the mid 20 range to below 30. Okay, make a nice gift. You're going out for a meal on Sukkot, like bring a beautiful bottle of wine. Okay, this this wine he's taking out from a box. Yeah. A fancy box. And this is actually, box. this is a really you know, a gorgeous. A fancy box, a gift. That's a gift box in itself. Right. How much is that? And what, one do you, what does this first line say in the description? Dessert wine made from Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot grapes from where the from the winery's great great from I, I can't even read from the winery's vineyards which you want reach my glasses? optimal I'm old. ripening. I know, you know what? I'm you know, old, you can have my it's, glasses. It's happening. Uh, immediately frozen at the winery in a controlled environment for three days. After extraction, the grape juice was warmed over natural olive wood fire, barrel aged outdoors in French oak for twelve months. That sounds amazing. It's like a story. It's a journey of the grapes. It's literally a journey of the grapes. You know, um, it's beautiful. It says immediately frozen. I love that. What so does I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you exactly yeah. what that means. You know, when you take potato kugel, okay. here's a great example, or cheese. Cheese. Okay. Yeah. And you potato kugel is actually a better example. But when you take potato kugel as an example and you freeze it, mm. it just does not taste the same when you. Freshly you know, take it out of when, the oven. When you, no, when you reheat it, oh, yeah. it's got that mushy, kind of spongy, not great texture. Why? You know why? Yeah, I know why. Okay. You want me to describe it or you? You can do it. Okay. It's oh, because the, the water separates from the potato and it, it waterlogs. It waterlogs it. So, you know, because water freezes at a different temperature than potato does. So it actually separates it out. The same thing happens when you do it with grape juice. When you freeze grape juice or grapes, whole grapes, that separates crystals of water, then they centrifuge it, okay? So the water comes out. You have this intense, rich, much more uh, sugar-filled juice that's left because you've removed the water right. or a lot of it, right, not right, all of right, it, yeah. and that's what they make the wine out of. The water from that spin. No, no, the water gets thrown away. 
So you're left so with the a juice, concentrate. A concentrate, so exactly. Very heavy it's then. Like very, very heavy and heavy rich. Heavy and flavorful. Exactly, heavy. exactly. You're left with what do you call a reduction? When a you reduction. Make, when you make Except a sauce. the reduction is done through freezing instead of through heating through where heating. you where right. you where you so, yeah. so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean this bottle is a journey. This these grapes you can get picked, crushed and bottled. I mean, I know I'm putting it so simply about these other beautiful wines, but this this wine's got a journey. I and like then, that. because of its richness, it's it, it, it's actually you can't in America you can't call it that, but it's actually like a port wine. Really? Okay. What is a port wine? Port Please wine. share with our listeners. A port wine is a, a my dad loves port. A port wine can only legally, um, at least in most countries except for the United States, can only come from Portugal. And the way, really? Yeah. No way. Uh, Rami, that's cool. And a, and a, well, we did not know except that. for all wine growing countries have agreed that they can't call anything um, by the country name unless it comes from that country, with the exception of one country. Okay. Guess which country that is? Not sure. The United States. <laughs> so we call Chablis, which is really a place, white wine in America. You can call any white wine Chablis. Burgundy, which is a place in France. France. We call any red wine you can call Burgundy legally in America. And champagne. And champagne, which is oh, a place. Thank, thank any sparkling just. wine that's made in America can be called. Many wineries don't do it, but well, can be called why champagne. Why do they offend the other countries? I feel like we're like stepping on someone's toes there. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, but that's changing. Over time, it's going to change, and it's changing already. As the whole world is becoming more foodies and more, right. I don't want to say winies, but you know, more so, educated so about wine. So this comes from Israel. And it's a sweet red dessert wine. And wine that's made in America that's a sweet red dessert wine can be called port. But wine that's made in any other country, including Israel, cannot be called port. So instead they call it Har Sinai. It comes from Or Haganuz Winery. Okay. And Where's that located? It's in brand it? new. Or Haganuz is, um, is located in, um, also in the uh, Golan Heights area okay, in the northern beautiful. part of Israel. Um and it's really wonderful wine, and it's brand new, uh, relatively new to the to American scene. Certainly, a lot of the wines that you're going to see from Oregon News are brand new. This is a brand new vintage, and this, just to give you an example, I'm so excited to try this one because I love I love um, dessert wines, I love red sweet wines because um, oh well, wow, we are. Very close to wrapping it up. Oh have? my gosh, we've got about five minutes. Okay, well you we better taste this. We've got to try this one. You better taste this <laughs> We're having real a quick. really good time here at Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are uh, having a great air of Sukkot show. We're having some uh, recipe ideas and, of course, wine education. Okay, wait, I need a cup. Wait. I just gave it to you. Yeah, I know. Here, yeah. pass them off. Here, no, no. Okay, you got I get my own cup. Get your own fresh cup. <laughs> For this, you need a real fresh cup. I need a real fresh cup. Okay, all right. Um, What's that wine I always... It's a great wine that comes in a great box, so... Right, so it's a great... I love to bring dessert wines as gifts. Um, I'll bring the Walden's Creamy Vodka as a gift because it comes nicely. It's like a nice bottle, nice presentation. Um, Smell this, uh, man. Ooh. Okay. Okay, I'm sniffing. Beautiful. Okay, let's try it. Oh, my goodness. This is... Beautiful. Am I allowed to say that? I know Americans don't say food is beautiful, but Why not? Australians do. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wow. This is gorgeous. It's thick, sweet, flavorful, all at the same time. I'm not sure if it's 
grapey. It's grapey. I feel like I'm eating a grape. Mm. I'm, I don't. I don't taste tons of other fruit, right? I'm, I'm not tasting like a undertone of like berries and peaches, like on some of the other sweet wines that you get. This is. I I, I feel taste. Like I'm you know, I taste grape. grape. I taste grapes. a little bit of. Of I think there's an edge of brown and black licorice. And I'm not tasting that at all because I don't like anise. Yeah. Well, brown well, licorice more than black licorice. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I see that. Yeah, okay, we need a little bit more. Okay, here we go. He's taking the bus home. Yeah, you. <laughs> Should we tell a Rummy story real quick? Yeah, please, because I think it's a Rummy really funny story. Rummy story, can you ta- can you? You don't okay. want to mess with the mic. Avrami said he was at a, uh, he thought he was being sacrilegious. He was at a, a, a kiddish on Shabbos or Nyantif that had ice cream as its theme. And it was a, uh, a ice cream that was made Cabernet ice cream flavor. And of course it's still sweet because it's ice cream. Yeah. And he had Cabernet with it and he said, Jay, I hope you're not angry at me, but I didn't like the Cabernet. It didn't go well with it. And he's right because the Cabernet that he drank was dry. And the ice cream is sweet. So what you really want is something like this, which is mostly Cabernet Sauvignon. It's 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, but it's made in a sweet fashion. This would grow great with your with your Cabernet that ice cream. That was magnificent. That was really, really beautiful. I'm just going to repeat just what gonna... that one. Or Haganuz, Harsini, Sweet Word Rhine, great gift, great taste, great smell, great everything. Well, how much is it a bottle, Be'erich? Um, Approx? Uh, it's about in the... Th- depending on where you get it, between 35 and 45. So it's definitely a beautiful house gift. If you're going away at Fionta for a couple of days and you're bringing a couple of things, you offer your hostess some, to bring some food Delicious. and some nice And what's wine. great about this <gasps> wine, too, is because it will last three, four days. You could, you know, you could give everybody last a sip three, four and days. still... It won't last a meal, okay? <laughs> let, me just briefly, meal. let me just briefly go over the wines we tasted. Yes, please if do. Really on our wrap-up, we're going to start wrapping up. Jay, you're going to lead us Baron up. Baron Herzog, Chenin Blanc. Was the first one. It just was rated as the best wine in this category by Wine Spectator. Uh, Tulip, uh, Cabernet Franc, uh, Flamme Blanc, which was a combination of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Tabor Chardonnay in a mm. screw cap, yum, which yum. was great. Uh, Flamme Classico, and this is the order in which you should be drinking it. Of course, Tulip Cabernet Franc Red. Wasn't a white wine this time, a red wine, rich and mm-hmm. thick and delicious. Yep. Great for that, uh, what, what do we call it? The ribs thing. The ribs. And yep. then you had, On my blog. and then you had Tabor Shiraz. And finally, the last red wine that we had was Har Sinai. Magnificent. That was really, Jay, I can't thank you enough for coming in. It's been a while since we got to do it again show. real quick. Yeah, and you know that I know your niece, Ali Booksbaum. We're very tight. You know Ali? Me, me and Ali BFFs. She and my daughter, Simi, were co-counselors in Camp Dina this summer. You know, she's an Eritrean. I know, in MMY. Right, in MMY. Yeah, shout out to Ali. So. I miss her, Ali. Come on, I need a hug and a kiss. Although she's not kissing me these days because uh, she's know, too she, from. Yeah, yeah. We know all about that. <laughs> but a big shout out to you, Ali. And everyone in Israel and New York, just want to wish everyone, I guess, Erev Yom Kippur, Kippur, a Gemar Chatimatova, um, and a good Erev Shabbos, and a good, uh, wonderful Chag Sameach for Sukkot. Happy eating, happy drinking. And, and an easy fast, and, An easy fast, and really. And please forgive us, have in your mind, and speak out. We forgive you, for and everybody that we Moichalas. may have offended, everybody should be Moichalas. And and listen on to great music by Ken and Wine. Amen. Right up until the benching era of Yom Kippur, we have beautiful, inspirational music. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Easy fast. Matov. Chag Sameach. And we'll see you after the holidays. Happy cooking.